Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday the 20th of December. It's hard to believe that we're into the last week of our uh, daily devotional in the book of Ruth. Uh, we're on day 21 of Finding Hope Under Bethlehem Skies and I hope you've really enjoyed this journey through Ruth. And you've been able to pick up all the little links between the story of Ruth and the nativity story in the New Testament of Jesus being born in Bethlehem as a saviour to the world. Uh, we've still got these uh, next five uh, readings to go and I hope you've been able to follow along in the book as well. So today we're on day 21 and we're going to look together at Ruth chapter 4 and verses 7 to 10. And today we're dealing with two really important ideas from the Old Testament that are central to the story of Ruth. And that's the idea of somebody's name and somebody's land. Often in the Old Testament, and indeed right throughout the Bible into the New Testament, often names have meaning. And whenever we hear somebody's name, it usually tells us something about that person. And on a few occasions, names are actually changed in the Bible because somebody's character changes or because God comes and transforms that person. So we've got Jacob who becomes Israel and becomes the father of a nation. Whenever we're in the New Testament, I suppose there are a couple of examples. Saul becomes Paul and uh, Simon becomes Peter, the rock on which Jesus builds upon. And so in the book of Ruth, we have these two ideas going side by side and they lead us to being introduced to the kinsman redeemer, who is this great a character, this great position within Israelite society of somebody who will maintain the name of a dead person and will also ensure that their land is rescued as well. So the kinsman redeemer takes both these things, the name and the land, and looks after them. You see, Land is important because it's linked so closely to the promised land. The Israelites, whenever they escaped slavery in Egypt, they were told that they were going to the promised land, the land of Cana, the land flowing with milk and honey. And of course, the promised land that they journeyed all those years through the wilderness towards and then entered and then took up residence there and became a great nation there, that is not the finished location for the Israelites. That's only a little foretaste of what's to come because they came out of slavery. They went to the promised land and settled there, but then they are to look ahead to the true promised land, the land that's to come, that we look forward to today of being in heaven with the new heaven and the new earth and being in God's presence. So the land was the inheritance of the people. 
It starts off with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And whenever they sinned, they're banished from that garden. And that was a perfect paradise for them to live in. But because of sin, they're thrown out and they're kept out. Abraham was then promised the land. And then they went as a nation from Egypt and eventually arrived in the land of Canaan. So land is really important. And they also had this concept that God gave them of the year of Jubilee. That every 50 years, land always reverted back to the original ownership of the land. So if you had a piece of land, you could sell that land to someone else to use. But in the year of Jubilee, that land would come back to you again. So whenever somebody bought your land, they were really only renting it for a set number of years until the year of Jubilee would come round. So if the year of Jubilee was last year, then you'd be renting the land for 49 years. If the year of Jubilee was next year, you'd only be renting it for a year. And the cost of the land would correspond to that. And this all points forward to the wonderful promise of heaven. And you see, land is no longer what sets us apart and what is our inheritance anymore. What sets us apart today is the Jesus Christ and the name that Jesus gives to us, his own name of salvation. Jesus is come to save his people. And that's the inheritance that we have today. And so that's what we find here with this kinsman redeemer and with everything that is linked to it. So let's read together from Ruth 4, beginning at verse 7 today. We're in the situation where uh, Boaz has gathered the elders around at the gate of the city. He has made the proposal to the kinsman, uh, Redeemer, that uh, the kinsman should buy the land, but then he should also take Ruth as his wife. And the kinsman has said, no, uh, I, I can't do that. Uh, and he then offers Boaz the position of kinsman, Redeemer. And then we're told about this strange idea of a sandal. Now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. And there's a lovely little section uh, just uh, in that first section on page 60 of the book uh, where Robinham quotes from Christopher Ash, who gives a, a very succinct uh, explanation of what's happening here. He says the closest relative must remove their sandal and pass it to the new redeemer to wear. As Christopher Ash explains, one person was forgoing their right to step on the land whilst the other was stepping into their shoes and taking on the land. Once he has done this, Boaz can say he's acquired all the property of Elimelech, Kilion and Malon. And that is all that belonged to Naomi's dead husband and two sons. So here Boaz is stepping into the shoes. He's taking on this role of kinsman. 
Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are my witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion and Malon. I've also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. And there you've got those two ideas being linked together again, the name and the property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records. Today you are my witnesses. Now what's interesting here is that Boaz claims to be maintaining the name of Elimelech. And indeed that's what the kinsman redeemer was to do. But as we'll see by the end of this week, it's not actually Elimelech's name that continues down through the years. But it is actually Boaz's name. And whenever we trace the lineage from Abraham right through, it comes through the line of Boaz. Yes, Ruth is there as uh, the wife of Boaz, and she gives birth to Boaz's son. But never is it mentioned that it's Malon's son or that it's um, Boaz or that it's um, uh, Elimelech's grandson. The line comes through Boaz. And therefore, it's his name that's remembered. So we think about our inheritance. Our inheritance is Jesus. And Robin Ham says beautifully on page 62 near the top, how do we receive this inheritance? At the cross, Jesus, our Boaz-like redeemer, steps into our shoes, pays our debt and gives us all that he has. As we turn to trust in him, we become bound up with him and his name. And he says in that little grey box, as we marvel at Boaz's generosity, consider whose name you are seeking to maintain this Christmas. Are you moved by God's generosity to bless others? Rejoice in a Redeemer that includes us in his inheritance and pray that you might seek to make much of his name. The song today that you can listen to immediately after this video is Sing We the Song of Emmanuel and it's by Matt Boswell and Matt Papa and it's also been, been written in conjunction with Keith and Kristen Getty. Now obviously Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He steps in to pay a debt that nobody else could pay. He gives us a name, his name, the name that is above all names. And our song today is Sing We the Song of Emmanuel. And in the song we sing of the wonder of God who has come to earth. And in the last verse we sing we spread the news of Emmanuel, the joy of and peace he brings. And that's what we're to do, to spread the news of Emmanuel, to tell others of his joy and peace. So let's bow before him in prayer together. Emmanuel, we worship you today, that you are here among us, that you are the one who steps into our shoes and pays the debts that we have and then gives us everything that you have. 
And Lord, we worship you for that. And we turn to you today to trust in you. We thank you, Lord, of this wonderful picture of a a kinsman redeemer stepping in. And Lord, we praise you that you have stepped in for us. And therefore, Lord, we trust in you today. We rely upon you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.